Astro Travelers, and welcome to another episode of Tales of Tavat, a Genshin lore podcast. Last week, we discussed the scary and mysterious Rosaria. We're really hoping we'll get a Rosaria hangout soon, or at least learn more about her history while in Fontaine. This week, though, we'll be discussing the twin archons. Additionally, I want to remind travelers to visit talesofdevot.com to see visual representations of the lore mentioned during today's podcast. Your guides have put them together for you to make things a little easier to understand. On our site, you can also find some awesome goodies, including artist spotlights from the community for each episode, wallpapers for download, and a way to check out some of our favorite Genshin merch. Finally, feel free to email us at talesofdevotpod at gmail.com to let us know what you think of this week's episode and what topics you'd like to see in the future. Now, I do feel like we are recording this episode on the perfect day because for me, it is thundering and lightning outside and I feel like the Raiden Shogun and A are watching what we say. Absolutely. <laughs> if my power goes out again, we know we know who did it. It's the Raiden Shogun puppet for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. She she's would strike us down. Yeah. She, she's short-circuiting, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's probably a great intro into making sure we, we talk about who we're actually talking about. So we're going to be talking about three people in this episode who basically seem like triplets, but they're not. They are twins and a puppet. Or possibly one child and two puppets. We don't know. We'll talk about that in a minute. So the three characters we're going to be talking about today are Raiden Makoto, Raiden A, and the Raiden Shogun. And just quickly, so you guys know who they are, and we'll be dropping the Raiden parts, we'll be referring to them as Makoto, A, and Shogun. Makoto is the original Electro Archon that ruled alongside A, who is dead. (laughs) Smiling. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we don't even meet her Makoto said yet <laughs> did I say A? no but the way you said it was like spoiler she's uh, yeah. <laughs> A is the current Inazuma Electro Archon and the Shogun is a puppet created by A to rule over things in Inazuma, while A figured some things out inside the titty sword. Yeah, while she was fucking off in the plane of Euthymia. So we'll talk a little bit more about <laughs> everything kind of just mentioned, but we wanted to give you guys just a basis of who those three are and what they will re- what we're referring to if we say that name during the episode. Because it can get really confusing. I know in the past we've kind of interchanged A and Shogun a lot. So that being said, I think we should start talking a little bit about the O. OG Makoto, rest in peace or pieces. Not really sure. Oh, oh, oh too soon. Pieces. <laughs> yeah. Well, she got a little pieced up. She probably scattered her consciousness in other places. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Into her sister's puppet body. <laughs> Let me tell you, ever since we did our Gods of the Desert episode, I cannot stop looking for where I think Makoto died. <laughs> <laughs> You're just waiting for like a little like statue there. I'm over in Pari Land. And like Makoto, Makoto. Sarush is like, what are you doing? Sarush <laughs> so is like, stupid human. Yeah. <laughs> but Makoto was the OG Electro Archon. She was very peaceful. She was anti-fighting, and she was very much into dreams. Doesn't it seem weird that she's like anti-fighting when you consider that she was like the last lady standing after?
after the Archon War, like she had to kill other gods to become the Archon. Yeah. Well, he was A around at the point at that point? Like was A the one really killing off Archons? I think so. Probably. Because there were a big duo. And when we look to the treasure tales of I'm gonna butcher it again, Shochin Shin. Gachuchi, I'm so sorry. We know that during this war, A, which is the twin, the one who is now the current Archon, was mainly kind of the sword doing all the fighting, while Makoto was kind of the rallying person that those that wanted to follow them, they followed Makoto. Yeah, she was very peaceful, whereas A was like, I'm here to fight. I have a thing about that because it kind of, it's like Makoto and A represent two different eras or different time periods of Japanese history. Really? Yeah. So when we look at Makoto, a lot of like her idea of she's all about, you know, peace, prosperity. She's got a lot of philosophy and culture around her. It reminded me a lot of the Edo period, which is roughly about 1600 to the mid 1800s when the Dutch arrived. A.K.A. Toma. <laughs> A.K.A. Toma. Toma. Well, technically Toma's dad. <laughs> He'd be fucking around. <laughs> And so it was a very peaceful time. I mean, of course, there was always like like spats of war and battle happening. But a lot of it, at least primarily, was an age, like a golden age, if you will. Then we look at A, who is more along the lines, and this is going back in time, technically, to the Azuchi Momoyama period, which is between... 1573 to 1603, and this is the implementation of the Sword Hunt Decree, which inspired in Genshin the Sokoku Decree. <laughs> this is very much a time period of, like, everyone who has a vision, quote-unquote, everyone who has a sword, like, y'all need to get the fuck out. You need to stop with your shit. And they were like, hey, everyone about Christian missionaries and shit and foreigners that are here get the fuck out <laughs> oh yeah i completely forgot about that but i remember researching that in a previous episode mm -hmm. and it was where like the current write-in was like i don't want anyone to be able to kill me ever so we're just gonna go door to door and take everyone's weapons basically did they at least get like a candy bar no <laughs> you would die if you refused. I know, but like, I feel like if I'm giving you my weapon, I should get like a Hershey's bar. Well, I think they were like forced to become like farmers and stuff. Farmers? Is that why scythes are no weapon, Al, in Genshin? That's, you know, if that is true, <laughs> I'm going to be so fucking pissed off because that's my favorite fucking thing is to cut people's heads off. Anyone who's played Mordhau, and there are like okay. maybe five people in the world who do, a favorite thing, best fucking weapon. I don't even care. Wait, y'all keep telling me that I'm killing people. Al just said that she basically loves using the guillotine. Like, it's what? It's not a guillotine, it's a handheld head chopper. <laughs> it's different because it's not stationary yeah well and she's like killing people in combat whereas you're just like conceptually you're dead yeah yeah I, i'm conceptualizing <laughs> that they'll die in combat there has been nothing about combat and like noel just dropping dead mm -hmm. no no i never said noel would drop dead i said that by the end of the game she might be killed what if they unlock <laughs> scythes as like a weapon and that's what kills all these characters that feeny thinks are gonna die we yeah. may have guns soon. Well, we already do. The Fatui. The Skirm 
skirmish skirmish yeah the skirmisher well yeah he's got a rifle he's got a rifle i have a rifle if you know what i mean anyway oh all right jeez oh no what the fuck what the fuck no but makoto and a definitely are two dueling representations of japanese history and ideologies which we'll definitely go further into but makoto culture literature philosophy a kill them with a goddamn titty sword (laughs) very different and we kind of see the outcome of why that difference is kind of really bad for inazuma yeah that's very true and i I just want to take a quick second i meant to say this earlier just to define that difference between what an archon and a god is in genshin because al you've been mentioning a lot about our twin archons which is the whole episode and then we were talking about the archon war and killing gods and jumping into the lore that you were just mentioning and some of the actual irl history so i just want to make it clear that our seven archons are the people who came out on top you want to be on top after the archon war they basically killed a ton of gods to become the leaders of the seven nations and makoto was one of those think of it as a pantheon of gods there are a lot of gods in mythologies and around the world but you have a pantheon of your big players and the seven are these big players yeah or they're like you know your chess pieces yeah well just like oribashi was a god and a killed Oribashi. A beat the fuck out of him. Wait, was it A or was it? It was A. It was A. Because A didn't A kill Oribashi during the cataclysm. And that's why Makoto left and didn't say anything? No, I don't think so. I believe it was before because if you actually look at the, like we always said, like the timelines are a little funny, but Oribashi is kind of basically coming over with the Watasumi and Kanomiya people. Yeah. And it's a bit of a civil war on Yashiori Island. And that's where that fight kind of happens it's it's a separate fight so yeah so i guess that was after the archon war it was after the archon war before the cataclysm yeah because i think a was fighting monsters coming out of somewhere during the cataclysm like abyssal monsters Mm -hmm. oh like the vagina wolf yeah along with chio and isn't chio killed in that battle or like yeah she's the one that like gets a limb bitten off um no she gets eaten chio gets swallowed by the what's called the beast of sin and she is inside of this monster and she slashes and dashes her way out and she's you know because she's been inside this really nasty monster she is changed and tainted by this darkness and she turns on a and a actually in this little fight cuts her sword arm off and severs one of her horns because she's an oni so she has horns oh that's right oh yeah so but we don't know actually what happens to her because she just kind of like goes off into the sunset some people think that she was killed by like sayu or the you know not actually sayu but the shumatsuban yeah the shumatsuban mm-hmm. or even the magu kenki uh... which originally i thought they were saying she could have been the magu kenki and i got really excited but then i was like oh no they just think that maybe if anybody is also wondering chio if you look at the um teaser trailer which we'll have on the site there's this picture that it, the whole trailer starts with a on a picnic blanket with chio saigu and sasuri all kind of sitting there all like friends and it's all happy and then they keep disappearing <laughs> and really quick in between their disappearance you actually see how a lost them it's very sad but it's very poignant uh, i really hope that she's still alive 
because that could be a really fun storyline yeah for a to like revisit that and then we'll find out so much more about what actually happened Mm -hmm. i just hope that they actually give us more backstory i mean I don't know if it's technically A or the Ryan Shogun at this point. Both those characters, I get. I think they're A more so have their own storylines. Like A has two stories that you can do in the game right now. And I feel like they just left us with so many more questions than answers. And neither one of them really answered any of these like hard hitting questions about what happened to all her friends. Why did Makoto go before her? Why wasn't A sent? Yeah, I feel like Makoto, when it comes to the cataclysm and her going, she knew that her sister would follow her and she knew there was a really good chance she was going to die. There's some talk that like A says she thinks that Makoto actually could like knows the future in certain aspects. So she pretty much left her behind, I, I think, to protect her. You actually bring up something really interesting about Makoto possibly knowing the future. And Makoto, and we learned this a lot during A's second storyline, where we get to see Makoto's realm of conscious. Makoto is assumed to be very close with Istaroth, who, you know, is the time god. And there's a lot of assumptions out there that Makoto and Istaroth kind of worked together in a lot of capacities. And that includes the creation of like the sacred Sakura tree. And something I found really interesting too is if you remember back when we were talking about Enjo and Inkanomiya, we talked about that book Before Sun and Moon. And in Before Sun and Moon, there is a story called The Parable of the Tree. And it's basically this cute little story and there's a gardener and the gardener really wants to plant a tree with these branches he has and he finds out that like the branches are going to take 500 years to make a tree and he's like well that's horse shit i don't want to wait that long uh i'm not gonna make this tree and then this priest comes by and the priest is assumed to be like isteroth in the story and the priest tells the gardener that your one thought will echo through eternity. And the gardener's like really inspired by that thought and plants this branch and is like, okay, cool. And bam, there's immediately a tree. <laughs> like there's just a tree all of a sudden with this gardener. And Istroth is assumed to have taken that seed and brought it into the past. And a lot of people, especially this one YouTuber, will link to her channel. I'm totally going to butcher her name though ashikai 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 i think i'm butchering it i don't know i love her i love her so much if you're listening i love you (laughs) but ashikai actually goes into a much better deep dive of that whole little like story the parable of the tree but it seems almost like too similar to the sacred sakura story and how egg apparently planted the sacred sakura tree and it appeared in both realms and so there's a lot of questions about like if Istaroth and makoto were like good friends because when this priest in the parable says you know your one thought is going to echo through eternity you could compare that to a few other things said about Istaroth. when you actually look at the sundials that are at like the thousand winds temple and that thousand winds like extension site island they actually have words on them And the words say, stories brought on the wind will bloom into legends in due time. Which could just be some cute little thing about how Istaroth and Venti were besties and, you know, they're going to be born into, like, legends one day. But it also is interesting because the Sakura tree and Makoto kind of do the same thing. And also in Vera's Melancholy, which is the book in the game that we can read, there's also just one quote in volume 9 that says, only the future can save the past. So, 
I feel like in Azuma, which ironically enough is our like nation of eternity, that's our big issue there. Ashikai also talks a little bit more about Vera's melancholy in her video, but I don't know. It's just very interesting that eternity and time really come together in Inazuma through Makoto. And it's something you would not notice at first unless you're trying to put all these pieces together because those sundials are in Mondstadt. No one's reading Vera's Melancholy. Sorry, not sorry. Like, no one is reading it. It's a very long book. Hold up. Jean is reading that. That's her favorite series. I meant none of us travelers. Okay. okay. True. Wait, is it really Jean's favorite? It's Yeah, it's one of her favorites. <laughs> and it her romance novel? <laughs> it's, it's a romance novel. And if you go to the... I was about to say Juan Dinery. Juan Dinery. D. Luke has a copy of one of those goddamn volumes. Anywhere. It is, though, a very long book. And that's why Jean is still reading it since the game started. <laughs> and that is why travelers have not read it. So I don't know. It's really interesting. And I think in Sumeru, we've learned a lot more about how all this crazy time warp stuff is going to affect us. We've learned a lot about Ermin Soul as well. But a lot of this time stuff really started in Azuma. And I feel like none of us really had like an appreciation for it at the time because we were all so confused. Yeah, especially because it does really the main part of the story when it comes into play is with the tree itself. So, like, that's the first time you're really like, hey, there's something that could be going back and forth here. And I don't feel like they gave that as much of a, like, you know, it was like a two-minute thing and then that, they moved on. It's really hard to focus in, in Azuma because we're on the verge of death in almost every second we're in there. Not if you do your quests correctly. Love. You turn off all the thunder <laughs> and lightning. That's how you know how far somebody's gone in, in Azuma. If they're still getting killed by lightning, they did not do all their stuff. Here's the thing. Called out. All of that is turned off. I'm just shit at the game! <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. I've co-opted with you. You're not. You're good. It's just because I rely on Jean. I have some great hits with Jean. I love her. <laughs> if you couldn't tell, she's my favorite. Can we actually bring the story back a little bit? You were talking about the Archon War. There's some stuff that happens that's kind of important, or just not even, I would say, important, just explains a lot about them that happened between the Archon War and then the Cataclysm, and then what ends up also, you know, turning into this soccer tree and things like that like we said they were ruling together but you can really only have one archon celestia's rules right they only want one so with the fact that they were twins it had to come down to who's actually going to do it yeah and it very much felt like makoto was going to be the one to do it yeah and it really felt like a was like i'm the muscle you're the brain let's do that i mean like it makes sense because i feel like identical twins are very much like that it's the mary kate and ashley olsen syndrome <laughs> not uh, it's the Zhongli and Guishong scenario over again. See, now I'm just going to bring it back to Vampire Diaries and just say it's like the Gemini twins. Oh my no. God. <laughs> no. Okay. Here's the thing. I really liked that arc because I'm like, who is Kai? Because he's such a psychopath. And I absolutely loved, oh God, what's her name? I totally forgot her name. She was hot. She was really hot. I like older women. Oh. The story goes between these two siblings and then actually goes to the next ones too. Like mm -hmm. to the two girl siblings that are the daughters of the hot chick. And the whole idea is that there only one can prevail. Which I think is something that is probably a common trope maybe in 
some way like uh with twins and stuff that there's always going to be like one that's going to be like what always has to kind of have be live in the shadow they're always like pitted against each other yeah somehow yeah but i think in a, in a beautiful way though they were supporting makoto and a were supporting one another so much that a actually sacrifices herself well that's because they were both great people and didn't actually follow the story of the japanese divine twin god bullshit which involved incest and we don't like that Surprise incest. Well, we talk about it a lot. We do. <laughs> so maybe we do. Here's the thing. We don't like it, but it just happens to happen all the fucking time. Yeah, it does happen a lot. Do you want to know something very happy, though? Always. In Japanese culture, twins are said to bring good fortune. <laughs> oh, Not nice. to Inazuma. <laughs> well, at one point, it was. It was. And then the cataclysm happened, and then it wasn't. <laughs> a downfall of a nation for how many hundreds of years? <laughs> All because a twin died. This is why I say A is absolutely the Azushi Momoyama period. Can we back up to the fact that A sacrificed her body? Yeah, I'm confused about that. What does that mean exactly? So let's first go to the actual part. So this comes from the treasured tales of Shukin Shinkjushi book that you get at the Yai Publishing House. We referenced it in our Yai Publishing House episode as well. There's specific line. And in reference to this, to come back to this, A is considered the shadow while Makoto is considered the light. So when we reference the shadow shogun, we're talking about A. Though the shadow shogun was divinely skilled in martial arts and unsurpassed with the blade, she believed herself little more than a warrior with little understanding of mortal hearts. Thus, she chose to give up her bodily form, helping her sister to ascend to the heavenly citadel and obtain dominion over Inazuma. Shortly after, the true shogun, Makoto set up her shogunate and began to rule over the land. Remembering their bond, she recalled A's divine will and reforged her body, thus returning her sister to her side once more as her kagumasha. Okay, let's take a poll right now. How many of you would sacrifice your body no. for your sister? Oh, I thought you were going to say if she was a puppet. I was already saying no. <laughs> sacrifice my body for my sister? Yeah! Yeah, I'd do it. She's kind of awesome. No. I have no siblings. She is. My sister's awesome. I have a good older sister. But you're awesome too. (laughs) (laughs) She should sacrifice herself for you, Tiff. If somebody gave me the thing that was like, you know, you, it's either you or your sister, I would be like, all right, it's me. Oh no. I don't like that. I don't like that. Y'all got siblings. (laughs) I cannot relate. Just on the Kagamusha again, too. Venti, actually, when he talks about A, says, ah, I remember her, like, when she was just a young Kagamusha training and stuff like that. So I think it's interesting that Venti actually remembers a time when Makoto was around and, you know, A was this just shadow figure. And I think it's cool, too, because, you know, in Japanese, that's quite literally the term for like being a political decoy so i like how they pulled that into from the culture but also after venti talks about how she was shadow god he's also like her weakness is dessert <laughs> like <laughs> give her 
cookies that's what he points out yeah that's venti's whole thing about everything is she likes dessert it's that she was a shadow and dessert (laughs) that could also be though when a was training even when they were young children i mean they they had to grow up at some point did they we don't know anything about archon's tip they could have been born full-grown adults we don't know what if Nahida stays a kid the rest of her life? Are Archons even born or do they just appear? Nahida got small because she used her power. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean Ruka Devada wasn't born. Ruka Devada created Nahida out of a tree branch. Yeah. Yeah, but because Ruka Devada had already shrunk because she used her power. Yeah, but she's not like, Nahida wasn't small because Nahida used a power, you know? Oh, well, yeah, she's small because Ruka Devada used the power. It's better than being born from seafoam. Okay, Ariel. Nope. <laughs> nope, not Ariel. It's Aphrodite. Aphrodite's born from seafoam. Wait, does it, in, like, the original, like, Grimm's fairy tales, doesn't the Little Mermaid become seafoam? Yes, at the end, after she didn't kill the prince. I'd kill the prince to not become seafoam. Yeah. Uh, you know what I wouldn't do? Sacrifice my body for my sister. <laughs> called out i have no siblings so i cannot really participate i mean i have a brother and i don't think he'd sacrifice his body for me so (laughs) (laughs) moving on so with her being though the shadow of makoto it could be like you said the word comes from decoy and things like that as well like same thing even if you you know reference like star wars with queen amidala like that's the whole thing of she's actually kind of showing up as one of like the servants but her decoy Koi is is kind of showing as queen but i think that they were doing that kind of back and forth so she was always her shadow and maybe she just had a wings beneath my wing kind of like feeling maybe or could have been like technically makato is the older sibling of the twins and the older sibling is usually the golden child but i want to focus on that reforged part yeah because when i first read it I thought, puppet. But then, follow me on this journey, right? We know that the sword, the titty sword, was gifted to Makoto by one of the the families that was super known for weapon forging, right? Wait, what? Like, Makoto was known for weapon forging? No, 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 no. The titty sword. The titty sword was originally Makoto's. Yes. And Makoto was given that sword by one of the reigning families that were swordsmiths, weapon crafty people, right? Oh, I I didn't know that. That's what I thought. I might be entirely wrong. I'm going to pull that out of my mouth. I thought it was true too, Al. I thought I read that somewhere. Because I thought it wasn't Kazuha's family, but a family related to Kazuha's. It was uh, originally created from Makoto's divine might. Oh, okay. Legendary story that was originally created from Makoto's divine might. It was it was born of the power of her tits. What the sword was unsharp, and after Makoto died, I think someone else, like one of those families, took it and sharpened it. No, it was just it was passed down to A, and then when she actually used it to its full extent, is when it actually I think gets its full power. No. But to continue on, this brings me back to the point that even in the story, it says reforged. And at first I thought maybe Makoto was like, I want my sister back. I need my sister. I can't do this without her. I'm going to make a puppet of her. Or perhaps she used some of her divine energy to put A into the sword. This is crack theory shit. I'm more on the side of puppetry because of the Kagumasha, but... I don't think... I mean... People knew there were two of them, so there had to have been two physical bodies. I feel like there's a lot of 
like moving around like she's some kind of like witchy witch with the fact that she's able to like put her consciousness later on into the sword herself and do all sorts of stuff like that that she kind of like just brewed her up in a pot so how do we explain is she a witch that once a gave up her body in the archon wars how did she come so, back from what i understood is that a sacrificed her body to give extra power to makoto so that she could ascend to celestia yes so makoto goes to celestia and she's like i'm the archon haha and hmm. then she's like i miss my sister and she uses some kind of witchy magic to reforge her sister's body Mm-hmm. So she needed the Hexen Circle? No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. We had just talked about Nahida and Rukadavada being super small after using lots of power. Maybe when Venti was talking about he remembers when A is young, maybe it was like a baby A because she gave all that power to Makoto and was just growing up. <laughs> I like where your head's at, Al, but I, I think Venti doesn't really say that she was, like, small. He just says, like, like a young trainee, basically. Damn. But I liked the head spice for that. That was good. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like this is all witchcraft and crazy shit, man. Yeah, there's some craziness going on over in the lightning. But in the lightning world. Like, Makoto probably was, like, a catalyst wielder. Well, I mean, she had the sword, but, you know, she didn't use it. Yeah, true, she did. I mean, A has the sword and is a polearm, so... It's very true, again. (laughs) All very valid points. Nobody's using the damn sword. Yeah. (laughs) I'd like to think Makoto was a healer. That would make sense. Yeah, Yeah, that does make sense. In her personality as well. I mean, I think that's something that we can insinuate against a lot of the healers. But... Seeing as how she recreated the body of her sister, does this mean that A is a puppet? I refuse. (laughs) I just refuse it. I refuse it. Maybe, like, maybe she's a puppet creating a puppet. Because I think that there's a difference between what happens with her and her reincarnation, which is actually one of the names of that crazy book that you can't say the name of is Reincarnation of Raiden, but that her reincarnation wasn't necessarily like, let's get the scrap pieces from the backyard like A does for (laughs) Wanderer and the Shogun. (laughs) So is it kind of like, I'm going to bring back in Yasha. I am so sorry. Like making a vessel for a soul to come back into to like reincarnate in that i mean it it sounds like she magically created a's body i don't think the a's body went anywhere (laughs) oh she was just dead the entire time she sacrificed her said she was dead and she was just like hey here's your consciousness let's smack that back it was just in cryo wait you think her body was just like rotting Preserved and like you know, ancient pickled and preserved. (laughs) Wait, would she have even been rotting because she's divine? She's a god. Yeah, if we don't know if she was born, we don't know if their body like a was not a god at that time. A wasn't. No, No, that's why she sacrificed her body to. I mean, maybe she was a god, but she wasn't the archon. No, no, she wasn't the archon, but she was still a god. Well, I'd like to throw one other thing out there, which is that in that second 
a storyline that we do where we learn a lot about the creation of the sacred sakura tree and we learn a little bit about the ley line disorders a is telling us how she basically you know she's been chilling in inazuma and she agrees with us that like she needs to change what eternity means and the shogun who is programmed as a puppet by a to protect eternity is like nah bitch we ain't doing that and the shogun actually stops a from being able to use the puppet body so if a is currently using the shogun body to move about to Vat. yeah this is this was very confusing to me is she is she in the body was that when she was in the plane of euthymia so from my understanding she is using the body is she the body yaddy yaddy no she's <laughs> renting the body yaddy yaddy <laughs> same and the shogun is like you just broke my terms and conditions of this airbnb and i'm not letting you move anymore <laughs> the fact that it's an airbnb is even more detestable <laughs> i know it's sketchier you know if someone's always got eyes on you there's a camera in the shower a is being watched at every corner by the Shogun, which is why the Shogun is like, stop trying to change eternity. You are threatening when I am programmed to protect. It's like your programming was faulty. We used C sharp and we meant to do something else. I don't know. It's the only language I know. Yeah, I mean, you might be on something there because like even the explanation of her isn't something like the Raiden Shogun is two beings in one body. Yeah. Like, I always thought it was like, A was hanging out in the plane of Euthymia. When she decided to come down, she could take over. I agree. But does that mean that there's a body or just a consciousness hanging out in the plane of Euthymia? And just a quick recap, too. I know we've talked about it in a lot of our past episodes, but for travelers who are like, what the hell are they talking about? The plane of Euthymia is A's inner conscious world where she, like, meditates on eternity basically and the plane of euthymia is located in the titty sword but the real name of the of the titty sword as we keep calling it is <laughs> muso ishin thank you b b knew i was not gonna get that one which is actually a, is that what miss splitter is supposed to be no um, they're related in a way because mm-hmm. the people themselves are related in a way. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of like intertwined things cross over between different people and stuff within this story when you go even deeper. But it really does make you wonder, though, all that jazz. <laughs> if A is a puppet and I know it's like this theory that we've kind of been like joking around with in some past episodes, but I think it's honestly a really valid question. And I don't think we have a solid answer on how A is currently hanging out in that plane of euthymia. Is there a body there or just a spirit? So I think I no, I think that she does have her own body because I feel like in the second Archon quest, we actually get her to leave the plane of euthymia. But I mean, who knows? Maybe she's taking control of the Raiden Shogun's body. I don't Because we never see them in the same place except in Makoto's consciousness. Right, right. So there's a lot of questions about that, too. And uh, just for Travelers too, I know we've kind of been talking on and off about the story, but after the Shogun is like, stop using my body to defy eternity to A, A and the Shogun embark on this battle inside of Makoto's consciousness that there's a door under the shrine where Yaimiko hangs out. It's unlocked as a permanent weekly boss. 
after you finish the second A storyline. And this battle goes on for like 500 years until Yaimiko sends us back in to basically settle shit. <laughs> with them so there's just a lot going on there's a lot of like traveling inside of people's minds yeah hashtag realm of consciousness <laughs> i'll show you my realm of consciousness no one wants to be there you know i mean we keep talking about too how her consciousness is in in the sword or the plane of euthymia is in the sword i don't think we really touched on how that gets there either mm. which is when the cataclysm actually happens and like we like we mentioned makoto goes there as a, we know from all of our archons who went who didn't she leaves without telling a that that's what she's going to go do so she goes off and does that a is kind of like backing into zoom and stuff she finds out that makoto left she puts her friend lady saigu in charge of inazuma so she can go go help her sister right so she ends up going over to kanria and she gets there just as makoto is dying yeah and Makoto herself is actually able to transfer her consciousness into the sword. It's like almost like a, a way of keeping her alive, I guess. So she transfers a faint fragment of her will into the titty sword. <laughs> And then gives it to A. And so we find out later that she won't unlock the fragment of her will until she uses the full potential of the sword, which does not happen until A is battling the Raiden Shogun. Yeah. Because she's like, I've decided that we're not going to do this whole thing where we're like stealing people's visions. And of course, the Raiden Shogun puppet is like, well, I was programmed to do this, so I'm going to fight you because I don't think you're thinking correctly. So they fight. They have a battle for 500 years. And then Makoto is like, hey, like she just bursts out of the sword is like, hey, like <laughs> I'm your sister. And I recorded this message many, many years ago. Stop being a dick. And you want know what's funny is she comes out as a ball of light and her demon name is Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Although I guess they don't consider it a demon name, right? They just consider it her, like, Archon name. Yeah, it's their Archon names, but all the Archon names are demons. Well, except for Beezable, which is A's, but that's a derivative of Baal, which is Makoto. So it's... They're two and the same. The only one that supposedly is not named by a demon or after a demon is the Cryo Archon. But... That's because they refer to her as the Saritza. Nobody says that her name is Saritza. They call her the Saritza. No, in one of the code names, I can't remember where I found this. I'll have to dig deep and I'm probably talking out my ass. But she's named after one of the saints. But we don't know that yet. Not for sure. Not for sure. You're right. But if that were true, this just is going to support my theory that we're going to get the Shaznaya and we're going to find out that we are on the same page as the Fatui. What if we go, we go to Shaznaya and we find out we're on the bad side? No, I'm a Yeah, we person. are the villain because we're helping the Archons. Because there's also one of the most interesting things, too, with just a little side note, is Beans doesn't like playing as Raiden Shogun in the game because she doesn't know which one you're playing as because why? One's bad. One's bad. <laughs> I don't like playing as bad guy. She's not bad anymore. But she, yeah, but she don't know which one you're me. playing as. Hold up. And you... You bring out child how often? I think child has redeeming factors. They both scarred you though, because we fought both of them. Yeah, and that's we why I'm cold for her. And we fought 
right in Shogun. Everyone's always like, you don't pull for A when she's on the banner. She's the most powerful person. I'm like, no, because I don't like her. <laughs> These are my principles that I play by. The heavenly I- Amanda principles. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have Wanderer oh. either. I love that the the heavenly Amanda principle. <laughs> even gotten his redemption. He just left you in Leeway Harbor, and then you rebounded on Zhao. <laughs> no, he got redemption with Tuser and with Yoimiya. I've been seeing child everywhere I go. <laughs> He's keeping his eyes on me. I'm keeping my eyes on him. I know his history and his story. I know that he has abyssal corruption in his heart. Anyway, (laughs) so we're back at the cataclysm. Savechild.com. And A has uh, rushed to her sister's side who's dying. And her sister's like, here's my titty sword. I entrust it to you. I would be surprised that she pulled the sword out of her titty. I would would be quite surprised. She also don't have much of, she's not overly endowed. So I'd be like, really, where the hell did you put that? Yeah, well, I mean, it makes sense. It comes out of the chest. Yeah. So there's the, the passing of the titty sword. <laughs> Are you handing down them titties? Mm. A becomes the shogun. And <laughs> then is like, wait, I think I'll create a puppet so that I can fuck off in my own plane of euthymia <laughs> while someone else <laughs> deals with all the day-to-day bullshit. She's so- a little depressed and sad and she even like she doesn't want to be the archon because her sister's not there like she tries to break the gnosis and can't because it's it's not breakable and so she basically goes here yaimiko hold on to this for me because i i don't know where to put it it doesn't match my outfit so (laughs) 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 and yaimiko's like i got you girl i got you (laughs) that's how yaimiko ends up holding it for her They like, hold my bag. I'm going to go to the plane of Euthymia. <laughs> For many, many years. For many, many years. Yeah. But yeah, she she makes her first puppet, which we know is the Wanderer. The Wanderer has too much empathy. And she's afraid of getting her heart broken again, basically. And, AKA Scaramouche. Yeah. So she lets him wander off into the world like a sad little puppy <laughs> with no home and scars him for life. <laughs> that will never come back to haunt anyone. No, <laughs> never. <laughs> Seems like the, the humane thing to do. But then so she makes the second puppet and that's the Shogun. And that's the one that's like hard as steel. Like she's no nonsense. She is all of the anger that A has about losing her sister, basically all pent up. And she starts running things for A. A still, she's still up there. She's kind of every once in a while, she's like, oh, you got a big question I'll answer, but don't bother me with the normal little things. The Shogun is actually the one who is working with the Tenryo Commission to carry out the Skogo decree and gathering all of the visions from people in Inazuma. It sucks that they never program empathy into her. She didn't want it. Yeah. I know. That was the opposite of what she wanted. I know, but God damn, it made so much issues. She saw it in Scaramouche and was like... Yeah, the empathy that Scaramouche had was too much for her, so she was like, bye-bye. Like, she wanted the cold, hard bitch. And, And look where that got us. You know, the While all of this, you know, she she just randomly makes some puppets, you know. I mean, as a puppet, creating puppets. (laughs) I don't like it. I don't like it. 
Why does everybody I, I mean, want it? Listen, when Makoto created the new body for her sister, they used the word reforged. So I'm just saying she might be a puppet. She's in the titty sword. So we have a like basically taking over the reins. She creates the Shogun puppet and then fucks off into the plane of Euthymia for many, many years. And then enter us. Swing the door wide open. We're like, screw all this. No, we're literally like, hi, Inazuma. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we like just got off the crux. We're stretching our arms. You know, we need Toma who sweeps us off our feet. Like, we're Mm -hmm. vibing when we first get there. We find out that the Raiden Shogun killed Kazuha's lover. I mean, best friend. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) husband. Both. Yeah, this is why I can't play as her. Because <laughs> she killed Kazuma's boyfriend? Yeah. <laughs> I would just keep yeeting her off a cliff. <laughs> I mean, you do that to Albedo, but you love him. Yeah, so Kazuma's boyfriend, Tomo, which everybody calls him Tomo, which isn't, not to be confused with Toma. Tomo is just the word friend. And since he doesn't have a name, that's kind of what the, the fan base has kind of given him. Which is so rude. They need to give him a name. Yeah. He needs to be a part of the story. He wants to bring down the Shogun, basically. And he tries to outdo the Muso no Hitachi. You know, the whole big swoopy swoopy that Shogun does. And he he doesn't he doesn't actually do it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, how do I tell you? He dies. Yeah. She kills him as like a precursor to killing... La Senora. But then as she kills him, though, his vision goes flying and Kazuma grabs it. So Kazuma has his no longer in use vision. Oh, so sad. And we go through like a whole storyline in between Liyue and Inazuma where Beto is like, let's try to find someone who can reinvigorate this vision. Yeah, the fighting event, right? And no one can. It doesn't reinvigorate until Kazuwa saves us from the uh, Raiden Shogun. And now, does Kazuwa save us or does Tomo really just show up and hold on to the sword with him? I think both. both. I think it's both. I really have to say that that I, I always love like the different cutscenes and stuff when they're that different animation, but that whole story and the way that it played out and the graphics, it was just gorgeous. So... Travels, if you haven't done that quest, the whole Argon quest there, for one, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, why are you listening to this? <laughs> but no, it's it really, it is very beautiful. It was one of those first times I feel like that I had my mouth, like my jaw dropped. I was just like, what is, what, what's going yeah. on here? <laughs> like it really became very cinematic. He was like totally like PTSD moment right there. We'll say that is quite the hottest scene when we arrive in Rita, no, in Inazuma City, fuck, I can't. <laughs> oh, you you mean like like our first? Yeah, encounter. the first one. I think yeah. that was kind of like the precursor of like how fucking good this was gonna get. Like where Toma's like tied uh, up. Uh, well, of course, of, of course, course, I love course. it. Toma was tied Ow. up. <laughs> you know, remembers this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But no, like again, the the split second moment where Kazuha reactivates Tomo's vision. I cried a little bit. I always tell Feeny, I'm like, full body chills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was too yeah. busy making me so soup. <laughs> it was definitely one of those ones where I was like, I need to rewatch this. So like when our 
our next friend did it, I was just like, can, can you stream this? I need to see. Plus, like, the lead up to it was just so, like, bizarre. So it threw you off. And then all of a sudden, whoa, I just remember that it took me forever to beat the Raiden Shogun the first time, like, right before that scene happened. And I must have done it, like, 95 times in Discord with just Brandon and our friend Christian. <laughs> and I just kept doing it. And Christian doesn't even, like, play Genshin. He's like, yeah! <laughs> like, <what>? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and I was just so fed up at the end that when that happened, I was like, what? And I was just finishing. That was, like, the last Archon line for me at the time. And I did go back and watch it, like, at least three times that night. Like, I YouTubed it. And then I think I watched, like, a top 10 like clips or top oh, yeah. 10 cutscenes, yeah. and i was like oh my god like and there are some really awesome cutscenes now sumeru has also given us some great cutscenes. i would say the wanderer cutscene where he steps in front of the traveler too is pretty top notch these animal boys keep saving our lives zhao saving us in leeway which <laughs> i guess uh does that mean we're gonna have to find an animal boy in Fontaine. Actually, it's gonna be an animal lady this time. I don't know. At least I hope. Can we have can we have a little dollar bean moment? Let's go, lesbians. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Billy. <laughs> Billy. But yeah, it is a crazy freaking cutscene. And another reason not to like a slash the shogun. Well, you know what? Fair. Fair. They tormented Kazuha. Wait, did A apologize for that? Wasn't there some kind of moment in the Iridoric Festival? Or was I, like, hoping for it? And... <laughs> so, it wasn't during the Iridori Festival. It was actually during the Test of Courage event, that yokai event we had in the forest surrounding the Kamisato estate. Depending on who you pick... So, if for travelers who didn't do this event... You get like two or three rounds where you get to pick a partner, basically. And one of the partners you could choose is Kazuha. And I picked Kazuha. That's why I remember it so well. And you're kind of doing things in the forest with Kazuha. And then out of the corner of your eye, you see A. And Kazuha looks at you and he's like, I am going to head out because I don't want to deal with any unlike pleasantries, basically. And he kind of, he's a, He's insinuating that he knows A would apologize, but he basically doesn't want to deal with it. <laughs> and he walks away. And I can't remember if A says anything to us afterwards about it, but Kazuha definitely is like, meh. <laughs> Social interaction with the person who killed my boyfriend. Yeah. No. You, I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was her, but it was sort of I was going to say, technically the Shogun yeah. killed Tomo. But she programmed the Shogun, so. Yeah. yeah. Because I think she does have a line where she's kind of like, R.I.P. <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> How offensive. <laughs> does she have a voice line about Kazuha? I don't know because I don't have her. I have her, but I just assume you know everything. I don't I don't think she does. I... She's probably like, oh, the Kadehara fellow. His family sucked. They all died. <laughs> Is this before or after Scaramouche's rewrite? Both. They, they suck. They still died. <laughs> <laughs> I do love when she talks about Ito. She's like, who? <laughs> who? Wow. After, and his is like this whole bum 
bombastic side eye to him. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, he actually has two voice lines where he refers to the Raiden Shogun slash A. The first one is when he's basically like talking directly about her, but there's a second one and it's his reaction to when there's thunder and lightning. And he's like, Shogun, what do you want? <laughs> he basically <laughs> yells so at funny. the sky. <laughs> it's really funny. There are several people who actually refer to the Shogun slash A, because I don't really know if the people of Inazuma know there's a difference. They don't. The pe- There are people in Inazuma who have no idea. They will actually, even in some of your lines, like in the, when they're talking and stuff, you'll see them refer to her as Baal still, because they don't know that there was ever this switcheroonie. There are a few people that refer to the Shogun slash A when they're talking about Thunder and Lightning, and that Ayato, Ayaka, Ido, Kujo, Sarah, and Yaimiko, they all refer to Shogun, basically, slash A, because Yai knows, obviously, um, when they t- think about Thunder and Lightning. And Ayaka literally is like, what would you like, almighty one? And then Ayato is like, my mother told Ayaka when she was young to stop her fear of Thunder and Lightning. That thunder and lightning was just the Archon trying to talk to her. And now I can hear Ayaka mumbling sometimes about thunder and lightning. (laughs) Ido challenges the thunder and lightning. Sara is very respectful, like, what would you want me to do, your majesty? And then Yai is like, ah, this sounds familiar. Like, it sounds like home. (laughs) It's my girl. No one says that about the wind. No one is like, ah, Venti. No one looks at a fucking rock and is like, Morax. (laughs) Well, because that's so mundane. And also, the wind carries farts, and sometimes it smells. Hey, I'm fine with that. Sometimes life isn't all joyous. That's the poeticness of it. Lightning is considerably rare as a phenomenon while rock and wind is a daily occurrence so it comes to be like it's just you know every day but when lightning strikes lightning and thunder was a very regular occurrence in inazuma until we fixed it Mm -hmm. yes true and now it's not (laughs) i also think it's funny one other character that refers to the lightning and thunder is actually charlotte when we quickly meet charlotte from fontaine during the tcg event and she's like do you think the shogun's lightning can hurt me in fontaine it's like girl You real worried right now. So let's stop pussyfooting around. <laughs> let's actually go into the second story quest of A, which is so confusing. No one wants to talk about it, but like we're going to talk about it. The timey-wimey bullshit. And this is where I get yeah. fucked up. There's a reference of a passage of time. And to us, we have only recently, you know, fought A, you know, done the whole right. bullshit. Mm-hmm. And now somehow 500 years or however many hundreds of years have happened in the plane of Euthymia. Like, what the fuck? Is it happening in there? It's not in the plane of Euthymia. It's in that realm of conscious. Makoto's. Consciousness. Well, is that the plane of Euthymia? It's kind of unclear. We go into the plane of Euthymia. We best A and convince her that she needs to stop her nonsense which she does. She's like, okay, agreed. Then later we go back and we're like, hey girl, maybe you should like come out of this plane of euthymia and like look at your nation, like actually visit the world. And she's like, okay, I'll do that. And so we walk around with her. But then we also start seeing all this like filth from the ley lines 
sort of like memories of the Archon War coming to life? I think we may be combining her story quest. This first storyline is like when we like convince her to come out and everything like that. I forget what the... Oh, that's the one where we save that guy. No, no, that's Ayato. I don't remember the first story quest, but the story, second story quest starts with um at the Adventurer's Guild. The Adventurer's Guild commissions us to like go check out why Rift Towns are attacking the Sacred Sakura Tree Roots. Right. And then we run into like A there. Oh, okay. Okay. So we realize that there are Rift Towns going all willy-nilly and we go to investigate. We find out that A is, I mean, outside of the Shogun's puppet body? Or is she using this? Yeah, she's currently Airbnb-ing the body. Okay, I don't like that. (laughs) This was her body originally. She made this. This is hers. Property of A. But does A have her own body? I don't know. I think she doesn't. I think she has multiples. You know, like how Robin has the same suit to fight crime in? (laughs) She's got a bodysuit. A literal, like, zip it up on the side. I mean, how else is she going to get in there? I mean, we know how magic, but... (laughs) I like to imagine it's just it's just entering in the back holes. That means A does not have her own body. So whenever she's playing, it's like she's using the puppet body, which yeah. proves my theory that A is a puppet. Thank she's you. She's just to... using a puppet. That doesn't mean she is the puppet. She's <laughs> using a puppet. Well, th- that's where that question of like, does she have a body chilling in the plane of Euthymia come into play? Or what if she never had a body? Yeah, like, does the plane of th- euthymia actually have to have a physical being? Like, is it is it well, enough no. to be in this consciousness? But I, I don't know why I swore there was a time where, like, I feel like we were walking down, like, the side hills of Inazuma with A, and there was almost like a comment of, gotta make sure nobody sees you. <laughs> like, if the other one's over there. Oh. But maybe there was an, actually an explanation there, or... It was a question that happened in my head and I just put it in the game. I do think that in that second storyline, there is something said about that. Like, but it's not because the Shogun is out and about. It's because the Shogun is supposed to be doing something else. Ah. So they don't want like the people to see the Shogun not doing their duty type of thing. Aha. You said duty. (laughs) When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Eh. But yeah, <laughs> we're helping, like, we're clearing the rift towns out. And, and when they are eating at the tree roots, they're actually eating away at, like, the ley lines as well. So we clear them and we find this one, lay, like, root that is totally hollow. And it's leaking, like, this weird goo stuff. And out of the goo comes, like, this fog that creates the ghosts. And we see a few ghost apparitions and we kind of see them playing out this Archon War storyline. And I'm not actually sure if it's the Archon War or the Cataclysm they're playing out, but they're talking about how they're fighting for the Almighty. 
mighty shogun and blah 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 and she kind of has this realization of like oh my god like eternity like i'm doing this wrong <laughs> and that's when she's like you know you guys convinced me last week uh, to come out of my mind and eat dessert again and I'm realizing that I was wrong and I need to change eternity. And that's when she kind of has like a freeze frame moment where she's like a robot and can't move. And she's like, and the show gets like, how fucking dare Oh, I mean, she's a little calmer than that, but. (laughs) I kind of like the version of it better though. So that sort of reinforces the theory that it's they're sharing a body right definitely reinforces that absolutely and then a is like all right well i gotta go figure this out come with me and we go with her and she opens a portal under the shrine into makoto's realm of consciousness and in there we run into the shogun and the shogun is like you're trying to change eternity and we find out that the shogun is basically programmed that if anyone wants to change eternity including a herself they have to basically fight to the death and so they start this battle and a kind of pushes us out of makoto's mind and is like go find yaimiko so we go find yaimiko and we're like yaimiko what the hell's going on again and yaimiko's like ugh, all right and so yaimiko goes and pushes us back into the portal with some sort of answer and that's when we get to the portal and we're actually 500 years later because time works really weird in that (laughs) consciousness and they've been like fighting it out for 500 years like a hasn't had a single dongo milk like the entire time (laughs) that's why she's the true crime that's the true fucking crime here (laughs) i mean that's how she kept fighting for 500 years yeah that's sweet. yeah i couldn't have popped in for like a quick second and just like here you go my love a dongo mode yeah i only does love from afar she literally (laughs) sends other people to do her biddings every time God damn it. So then when we get there, they fight. And that's when we unlock that really crazy, like, Raiden Shogun hand battle thing. The hot <laughs> shit. Yeah, which is a new weekly boss at that point. So that's our second Inazuma weekly boss. And after we defeat her, they finish their battle. And the Shogun's like, all right, we could change eternity now. And that's when Makoto's little ball of light comes out and is like, hello, lovely sister of mine. I'm here. <laughs> Uh, and Makoto gives a seed to A for a tree and A basically plants it in this realm of consciousness and that little seed creates the sacred Sakura tree. So this is so confusing because are we in Makoto's realm of consciousness during this fight or A's? So I believe that we are in Makoto's and I forget why exactly we're in Makoto's. Well, we we know that Makoto implants a faint fragment of her will into the titty sword. Yeah. So, but it will not be unlocked until the full potential of the titty sword is used by A. So A, I guess uses the full potential during the 500 year battle and then makoto's like hey girl so i mean is makoto's fragment inside a's realm of consciousness it's so confusing Mm. i think what it is and this is going to sound like super meta but i think that makoto's fragment lives within a greater like realm of consciousness so it's like you won't learn the truth of that fragment until you use the full potential of the sword but you can kind of access it 
at any point. Not Nothing's in there. Nothing's going to happen in there. Don't know if that's 100%. I'm not, I'm definitely not a realm of conscious expert by any stretch. But that's kind of what I felt it was because it's definitely described in the storyline as us going into Makoto's head, like her headspace, which is super confusing. But that's also where a lot of that stuff I mentioned earlier about like Istaroff and like that parable from Before Sun and Moon comes into play too. And it really begs the question of like, was Istaroff at the Cataclysm? And was Istaroff involved with Makoto somehow yeah well in retrospect a is like i think a higher power may have had something to do with all of this because within whoever's realm of consciousness makoto gives a that like seed yeah that, that little ball of light that turns into a seed which then takes root in the past of inazuma and turns into this sacred sakura tree which keeps Inazuma from falling prey to all the filth of the ley lines, if I got that right. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then that actually even goes just to bring it all back to season one, when we talked about the sacred sakura and the cleansing ritual that has to happen because of that. And Hanakira Shato, who is actually someone we meet at that point, who is made up of A's dead friend's memories. And uh, she goes ahead and cleans that tree. Because, you know, dead friends. We got dead, dead sisters, friends. we got dead friends, dead boyfriends. Everybody did. I'm still just so confused. Like, where is the plane of euthymia? That's my first question. My second question is, does A have her own body? I feel like the plane of euthymia is like an existential place. Like, it's a, it's does not, doesn't take up a physical location. It's in the mind. Yeah. But- Traveler goes there physically. Yeah, but we're amazing. Yeah, I throws her in there. <laughs> we go into her mind. Remember, we had to get like a special like ticket. <laughs> doesn't, but doesn't that imply that like A can leave and have the physical body just like us? Because like we go there like with our physical body. Yeah, but we also come out of it terribly ill like remember that whole walk out when everything's like electrocuting you it seems like no that was before we went into the plane of euthymia because that was after senora got slaughtered oh true what if the plane of euthymia is just like a little pocket dimension it could be it definitely is but it's like where is the dimension (laughs) i like to think it just literally lives underneath the shrine that yeah yeah like that's where the domain is right so that makes sense but is that A's realm of consciousness? Well, no, that's Makoto's under there. Wouldn't it be the same since they're both the shogun? Ooh. Uh... Because if A inherited everything from Makoto, even the sword, and the sword is an extension of Makoto and her divine power, wouldn't the planet Euthymia would have originally been Makoto's, but is now A's, but it's just the planet Euthymia. I feel like we need help. I feel like we need our <laughs> listeners to write in. Please. I will say, you know, at the end of that storyline, when we do go back to the shrine and talk to Yaimiko, A does say Istaroth in one of those like little like add-on words that they do sometimes. She does specifically mention Istaroth as like that possible higher being that is helped out. And also it really does go back to a lot of questions about like, well, who is Istaroth? It also makes me curious if Yai Miko has a connection to Istaroth because if this is all about time 
And honestly, it's a lot about moments as well. And in Before Sun and Moon, they do actually refer to Isaroth as the god of moments as well. He's like the god, he or she. I think we decided Isaroth was a she, right? But Isaroth is considered the god of time, the god of moments, and the god of the thousand winds. Mm -hmm. And so if Isaroth is a god of moments, there is a possibility that they could control these like mini planes that are happening and these different like times frozen, like places frozen in time, similar to the goddess of flowers, Oasis, that is frozen in time. Well, there is something that Makoto says, and I can't remember if we find this out at the end of the second half of the Archon Quest. Makoto has like a line that she says, eternity extends time into infinity. Dreams illuminate each moment within. Because if we look at infinity and eternity, yes, that's an absolute, but it's not fun. Like that's just nothingness. All the little moments, those sweet little moments make it, you know, purposeful. And that's a big thing too, is that Makoto is big into dreams which I think we mentioned a little earlier. And that's interesting because, like, Sumeru didn't have dreams for so long, and now Nahida is, like, trying to get involved in dreams. I wonder if, like, you know, Nahida has ever gone to Ermansol and been like, let me talk to Makoto. <laughs> it's possible. And, like, the only way we were able to defeat A the first time was the dreams of the vision holders. Yeah, all their aspirations and hopes. Yeah, we got all their powers, yeah. The, sec- the second time the way yeah and that's also what helps us uh defeat the fake god of scaramouche in sumeru nahida calls on like the dreams of her people oh yeah that's why we keep time looping that fight hold up i'm gonna throw something fucked up out there is our story just so we can awaken as Istaroth and become the omnipresent god. Totally possible. I've also, one of our listeners actually sent us a theory last week or the week before that I'd never heard of before, but they said it's common where Paimon is Istaroth, which is something we've talked about before. But basically, as we've seen with this, the whole like only the future can save the past and, you know, stories brought on the wind will bloom into legends in due time and all the seeds and stuff, whatever, all those parables and phrases that we've heard. The idea is that like Paimon becomes Istaroth and after seeing all these plithes happening in Tavat, discovers her true godhood and is able to go back in time and, you know, like help the people of Inkanomiya. And so all the stuff we're hearing that Istaroth has done is truly just Paimon, and Paimon doesn't know it yet. Mm, I like that. Mm-hmm. Wait, who who said this? Uh, one of our listeners actually emailed it in. What's their name? Yes, 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 yes. Their name is Abshid, A-B-S-H-I-D. And they said it's like a total crackpot theory, but basically they said, I think Paimon is not Istaroth, but becomes Istaroth and goes back in time to set in motion the current events. And specifically refers to A, planting the sacred Sakura tree, meaning that things in the future can affect the past and vice versa. So it would be interesting to see if that happens. Thank you, Abshid. But I do think that's all the time we have for today. Honestly, there's never enough time to talk about all the tiny, whiny bullshit happening in this game. But I think we got to cut it for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening and coming down quite a time warp. I'm going to go do the time warp at home. Like, let's do the time warp again. Mm-hmm. Get it. <laughs> if you haven't seen Rocky Horror, you should go watch it. 
Anyway, next week, we are going to be talking about the event Shadows Amidst Snowstorms, which, aka the Suspedo event, we're going to be doing a recap of a lot of the lore involved in that story for so many of our travelers who were unable to play it. Yeah, it's going to be a departure of our format where we're going to actually just recap an event. Yeah, we've had it brought to our attention by some friends and also by some of our followers. We actually answered one of their questions about it in the mailbag episode. And we think that this has a lot of really important stuff going on. So we're going to deep dive into it and hopefully catch everyone up so you don't have to watch the event yourself. Until then, safe journeys, travelers. We'll see you next time. Bye, puppetry nerds.